If you need a Bible, would you raise your hands? Uh, someone's going to be kind enough to get you a Bible. The last time I was here um, was maybe summer, end of summer of last year, and since then, you guys uh, came alongside us and helped with uh, Angels of Hope, delivering Christmas gifts to families and inmates and, uh, with Chicagoland Prison Outreach, so I want to thank you uh, for that and for your service and for your partnership. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, this year, Chicagoland Prison Outreach celebrates uh, 25 years of ministry, um, so we are uh, incredibly excited. I like this. She said, wow, we can give God a hand for that. Big celebration coming up May 21st. Uh, it's a banquet. You guys are invited. I'd love for you to be there. We'll make sure we get some information to you. Uh, if you got a Bible or whatever electronic device you use, would you turn with me to Matthew, the 14th chapter? Uh, for our time today, we want to look at verses 22 uh, through 33. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, Is it a ghost? And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to title uh, this message this morning, Conquering Fear. Will you pray with me? 
Lord, you are God alone. Beside you, there is no other. God, what a joy and a benefit, a blessing and a right that we have that we can worship you, Lord. That we can lift our hands and we can lift our hearts and we can come before your throne and we can lift up a sweet fragrance. Now, God, we know that that fragrance is only sweet because of the sacrifice of Jesus that has gone before us. But, God, we, we come with all that we are and all that we have, and we come before you, Lord, to give you praise and honor and thanks. And, God, we come this morning with this deep need, this deep need for you, this deep need for instructions and direction and training. So, Lord, we ask that you would open our minds, you would open our hearts, that we may hear what it is you have to say to us. Lord, I pray that you would move me out the way. I pray that your word and your word alone would be exalted, that, that, that we would submit ourselves to the authority of the Scriptures. As we acknowledge that it is sufficient, and it is enough for us. Have your way, O oh God, in these few, minutes, few moments that we have. Meet us in a unique way in the preaching of your word. And Father, send your anointing that makes preaching easy this morning. Be glorified in the way that only you can. As your people are edified. We pray this in the matchless and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. There was a young minister who just finished seminary. He had gotten his first pastorate and entered into this new town in which he was now serving. And he had a vision to preach the gospel and to baptize all the unsaved souls. And as he was walking through town, he found a homeless man sitting on the crate. He immediately went over to talk to the homeless man and asked him, do you know Jesus? The homeless man said, no. He sat down and he began to share Christ with him. And after talking for a little while, he asked him, would you like to be baptized? And he said, sure, why not? They walked over to the river and, 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 and the young pastor gathered himself together. And he's getting ready to baptize him by immersion. So he, he gets in and he pronounces his baptism proclamation and he dumps him down in the water and lifts him up and asks him a question. Did you see Jesus? The man looked at him and said, no, I didn't see him. Young pastor said, maybe I did something wrong. Let's do it again. So he got himself together grabbed him and pronounced his baptism proclamation and dumped him down in the water, lifted him up, and he asked him again, did you see Jesus? He said, no, I didn't see Jesus. The young pastor said, okay, one more time, possibly I'm doing something wrong. So he gathered him again for this one last time, 
He pronounced his baptism proclamation. He dug them down, but this time he decided to hold them under water just a little while longer. He lifted them up. Said, Sir, did you see Jesus? The man gathered his stuff together and he finally able to take a breath. He said, You sure you fell in right there? <laughs> I know it's funny. Have you seen Jesus? You may say, well, what kind of question is that? And what does that even mean? Well, I, I hope that sermon today would somewhat give us an answer to that. You know, people are looking for Jesus. However, I, I think people are looking for a Jesus that will fit their own ideology. They're looking for a Jesus who will fit their own philosophy. They're looking for a Jesus who will fit into their perfect box and into their perfect worldview. I think people are looking for Jesus. They are looking for the kind of Jesus who would solve all of their problems, the kind of Jesus who would get rid of all of their pain, the kind of Jesus that is more like a genie in the bottle that if you rub him the right way, he will grant and give you all of your wishes. There are people that are looking for Jesus. And I want to tell you that Jesus does want us to see him. But he wants to see he wants us to see him as he is, right? This conqueror and this overcomer. But there are people that are looking for Jesus for in the wrong places and for the wrong reasons. And if we read our text, that was the case and that was the context. That people were looking for Jesus. But they found themselves looking for Jesus because they knew that Jesus was healing the sick. They were looking for Jesus because they knew that Jesus had opened the first golden corral. He had the first all-you-can-eat fish fry, and he fed about ten to 20,000 people. And the food was so good, they wanted to make him a king. But Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this earth. And so, and, and so here there are people that are gathered for Jesus, but they only want Jesus for what they can get out of Jesus, not for who he is. And so when we pick up at verse 22, Jesus sends his disciples in a boat. He escapes the presence of people to get into the presence of God. He dismisses the crowd and he dismisses his disciples so that he could go on the mountain and pray. This is strange for us. Jesus often separated himself to go spend time with God on many mountains, in many places. And Jesus is praying. Now, the Bible does not tell us what Jesus is praying for, so we must use our sanctified imagination and assume what Jesus is praying for. Possibly Jesus is brokenhearted because this 10 to 20,000 people whom he has just said, they don't have a clue of who he is. Maybe Jesus is grieving over the fact that John the Baptist was just beheaded in verses 1 through 12 in Matthew 14. Maybe Jesus is praying that his disciples will get the revelation of who he is. Or maybe, just maybe, Jesus is drained. He needs to go on the mountain to be refilled, to be renewed. 
and to be re-energized. He needs to spend time with God alone. We don't really know what he was praying for. But one thing we do know is that he was praying for a long time. The Bible says that he was praying so long, some of your Bibles may read that the disciples were a stadium away. In other words, they, they had gotten so far that a stadium was 185 meters, 600 feet. They were about two to three miles off into the sea. And not only were they off into the sea, but they were in the middle of the storm. And, and, and the Bible says the wind was against them. So most scholars believe that, that they had entered into a rainstorm. Now, they had been in storms before, and, and we understand that, that it had previously that, that they were in a storm and Jesus was on the boat. But this time, he is not on the boat. And I would imagine that they are seriously concerned about this storm. But however, they are more concerned about what they believe they see. Come on, man. The text says that they look out, and it appears that they see a ghost. Now, for them, what they would have understand within that culture and in that context, in that day, they would have believed that that would have been an evil spirit coming to deceive them. And these overly grown men, the Bible says that they are terrified. They are filled with fear. Let me show you how much fear that they have. The Bible says in uh, verse 26, the latter part, and they cried out in fear. Here these overly grown men are on the boat, and they are crying out in fear. Can you imagine that? If they were crying out in fear today, that would be a meme. <laughs> it would definitely be a joke. Here they are crying out, they are filled with fear and filled with terror, and all of a sudden they hear a familiar voice. Hallelujah. They hear the voice of the one that they had left on the land. And he says, do not be afraid. It is I. Fear is common for us, isn't it? Fear is an emotion. That there are some things we should fear. Amen. We should uh, fear playing with electricity if we don't know anything about electricity. We should fear mean dozen attentions. We should fear going over the border, the, the boundaries in a zoo to get close to a cage of a jaguar and take a selfie. <laughs> you don't know about that. Watch the news later on. That there are certain things we should fear. We should fear maybe jumping off a high-rise building with the bungee cord. Okay. <laughs> Some, they say, just without. There are certain things that, that we should fear. True. But the reality is, is that there are so many things we should not fear. And if we're honest, we are a fearful people yes. that we fear so much, especially in our social media-driven society. We fear what they're going to say about us. We fear what they will think about us. We fear about losing some kind of status and prominence. Sometimes fear losing our jobs. Sometimes we fear change. We fear being different. We fear the unknown. 
We fear allowing God to use us. We fear even following God. We fear so much. And the list can go on and on and on. And friends, I believe Jesus' words for us is do not fear. Amen. It is I. Hallelujah. Jesus walking on the water is amazing. But the message of him walking on water is even better. Because the message is that Jesus will not allow anything to keep him from those he loves. Romans 8 says it so well. Not tribulation, not distress, not persecution, not famine, not nakedness, not danger, not sword. As it is written, for we are forsaken, we are being killed all the day long, we are like sheep being led to a slaughter, but knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor things present, nor things to come, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. My friends, that is absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And Jesus shows them that the wind won't separate me from you. That the waters won't separate me from you. That gravity won't separate me from you. That me becoming a human won't separate me from you. That there is absolutely nothing that will separate us from the love of God. Jesus shows up to his disciples even on the wall. Jesus knows how to show up in our lives. Hallelujah. We don't have anything to fear because Emmanuel, he is with us. His promise, he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I love Peter's response. Peter, who doesn't have a problem with speaking up and stepping up. Peter separates himself from the other disciples. And he asks a question of faith. Lord, if it is you, tell me to come. If you notice, Jesus does not preach a sermon. Jesus does not share a parable. Jesus says one word, come. Jesus' word is so effective. It is so efficient. And it is so powerful, and Peter believes it so much so that Jesus' words drowns out the words of the fearful behind him. Can you imagine the boat? They are terrified. These men with deep voices. Peter, don't do it. You crazy, Peter, you're going to die. What are we going to tell your wife? And Peter's only concentrated. On the word of Jesus. If Peter has enough faith to step out the boat and to begin to walk on the water. Now it's important to note that he did not have enough faith to continue to walk on the water. Now we can give Peter much flack and I think Jesus does here too. But Peter's next words are also words full of faith. Peter does not say, Matthew, save me. He does not cry out to Judas or to Thomas or to Andrew. He says, Lord, save me. 
There are times when we will step out in faith. There are times in our walk and in our journey where we will fail and we will fall. And I'm so thankful that I can call on the Lord at any moment and at any time. Because really, whenever we decide to walk by faith, there will always be distractions. There will always be things that will pop up that will look to capture and gain our attention off the faithful one. So Peter, he sinks. Look what happens next. Lord, save me. The Lord reached out and immediately he saves Peter. They get on the boat and the winds cease. And the disciples see Jesus. The winds cease and the disciples, they see Jesus. And when they see Jesus, they do what we do when we see Jesus. We worship him. When we see Jesus, we, we, we worship him. We devote ourselves to him. We, we give ourselves to him when we see Jesus. See, it's, it's in the revelation of who Jesus is that my, my fears are conquered. That my concerns are vacated. Because I see Jesus. The one who loves me. The one who died for me. The one who is always there for me. When I'm walking and when I'm sinking. We worship. When we see Jesus, I want to give you just a, a, a few points to walk away with from this gospel narrative. Is that the one I, I want us to note that Jesus escapes the presence of people to enter into the presence of God. Amen. People were pulling on Jesus. They were always wanting something from him. Give me, let me have, can you spare, can you borrow? And they're always asking him to pour out. And Jesus escapes so that God can pour in. So my point is, is that some of you, people are pulling on you. Family, friends, coworkers, neighbors. And they're pulling on you and you're giving and you're giving and you're giving. But we also got to make sure that we have time where we are receiving. Time in which we're allowing God to pour into us. We can only give what we have. But we can't give from an empty container or from an empty vessel. We have to make sure that we are finding ourselves where we are going to our own secret places. When we're going to our own secret mountains and we are alone with God and we are allowing God to pour into us, to empower us and to equip us and to enable us so that we can go out and be a blessing to others. We have to learn how to escape from the presence of people, to get into the presence of God. Secondly, buckle your seatbelts. Jesus sends them into a storm. 
There are some storms in our lives that are there because of our bad choices and our bad decisions. That we, we caused the storm. Yeah. We, we created the chaos. Come on we, we started the drama. We were the drama king or the drama queen. Come on now. We, 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 we asked drama to move in with us. Mm-hmm. We called drama on the telephone. We inboxed drama. We, 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 we caused the storm to happen in our lives. And there are some storms that happen in our lives. It's because of the devil. He, 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 he causes all this trouble and all of these things in the world to distract us and, to, and to, to, to turn us away from the Lord. But there are some storms that God sends us to. There are some storms that God sends us to. So listen, God sends us into, into storms because storms are our classrooms. And storms have a way of showing us who Jesus is. Look at the beauty of this storm. They came to understand who Jesus was. They were able to see him, but it was only because of the storm. And God may have sent you into a storm recently. And maybe it's because he wants to reveal more and more who he is in your life. So I can have confidence in the storm that he sends me to. And the elephant in the room is Peter. He said, sometimes we have to step out of the realm of uncertainty or step out of the realm of certainty and comfortability to enter into the realm of uncertainty and uncomfortability. We like to, we like to have all of our eyes dotted and our T's crossed. We want to know everything. We want to figure everything out. Can I tell you that sometimes faith doesn't work that way? That sometimes when we're walking by faith, all we have is God's word. We don't have understanding. It don't make sense. It don't look right. We got people in our ear that's telling us one thing, but we got God's word that's telling us a whole nother thing. And sometimes God is calling us to step out the boat and to do some things that we normally wouldn't be able to do and can't do on our own. So we have to trust God and we have to trust the power of the Holy Spirit to navigate us and to allow us to do some stuff that we've never been able to do before. But we have to be willing to step away from what is and what is comfortable and trust God. You got to step out of the realm of certainty and comfortability. The the, the last thing I want to share with you, and then I'm ready to take my seat, is that worship points to Jesus. Yes, it does. It's, It's that... Here, in the end, when they see Jesus, they worship him for us because we're not privileged to be in the physical presence of our Lord. Sometimes it's not until we worship that we see him. And some of us, we need to see him before we worship him. But sometimes it's not until we worship that we see him. It's not until we, 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 we drag ourselves into the church. 
It's not, it's, it's, it's not until we force ourselves to go into the closet. It's not until we, 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 we deal with the resistance of our own arms and we lift our hands and we begin to worship God. That we are actually able to see Him. And sometimes our own minds and our own hearts are, are blocking who Jesus is and, and we just need to see Him. And so, so often on Sunday morning, we just got to say, I got to see Jesus today. I, 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 I got to make it into the house so, so that I can worship so I can see Jesus, so I can break through whatever I need to break through because I need to see Jesus. And the only way I may be able to see Jesus is I got to worship him. And I got to worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, because I know the truth about him. I can worship him. Even when I don't feel like worshiping him, even when my mind says you should just stay home. I just know I, I, I got to worship him because I, I got to see him. Worship, it, it points to Jesus. It points us there. It shows us who he is. Friends, the reality is, is that we live in a world where people are either led by their faith or they're either led by fear. Our testimony must be that. We are people of faith. So our fear is conquered because we've come to worship the one who died on Calvary's cross for us, who rose triumphantly from the grave, who ascended on high. And he's in heaven on a different mountain, making intercessions for us. Let me pray for us. Lord, we see so much on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday and Thursday. We see pain and we see hurt and we see agony. We see stress and sickness and addictions. But Lord, we need to see you, Jesus. We need to see you daily and often. Lord, make us addicted to your presence. Help us to be fascinated with your glory. Help us to see you, God, not just for what you can do for us, but for who you are. You are this God who, who loves us, who won't allow anything to separate us. Take away our fears and fill us with your faith. That we may worship you all the days of our life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.